Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Hi there, this is Megan Mitchell with Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep, and I'm bringing you another social work shorts today. Today I am going to cover my top five study tips for both the master's and the clinical level exams. Um, just want to preface this by saying these are just my five top study tips. Find what works for you um, and use that as your best guide for studying for this exam. My first tip is to organize your materials. There are so many materials out there and there is a lot of content to cover. So it is important that you get yourself organized. You want to take the time to organize your materials up front, ideally before you begin studying um, so that you can save yourself time later on in the future. There are so many different materials. When I first started, I was completely overwhelmed. But what I did is I spent an entire day, and when I say day, I mean probably two to four hours. Um, I printed everything out, I hole punched it, and I put it in a binder. And I organized my materials in a binder in a way that made sense to me. So that's what I always tell people. Organize your materials in a way that makes sense to you. But you don't want to be studying and your materials are all over the place. You don't know where to find them. You don't know where your content is. That's going to be a lot of time wasted that could be spent on studying. So take the time up front, put in the time, get your materials organized. How I organized it, like I said, in a binder, but I put all the content in one section of the binder. I put practice tests in another section of the binder. And then last, I put reviews at the end. So I was able to organize my materials that way. And then within the content, I also broke it down into concepts too. So I had a whole section for developmental theories. I had a whole section for DSM. But ultimately find what works for you but i'm telling you you will thank yourself later more organization up front means less time wasted later on and as you know time is of the essence here we want all the time we can to actually study the content not on getting our materials organized so organize 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 do yourself a favor it will have big benefits in the end my second tip is to make a plan and then of course to stick to it the best way to, I suggest, to plan your studying is to backwards plan from your test day. And you might be like, what? That does not make sense. What does backward planning mean? Say your test date was November 1st. How you would backwards plan is you would put your test date on the calendar and go backwards from there to make sure you know how much time you have. You don't want to get to the end of your studying and realize you didn't give yourself enough time. So I always say backwards plan. And what I mean by this is at the beginning of your studying, so in the beginning of your studying journey, you're going to want to be focusing on content. That's where you're trying to absorb all of the content you can. Near the end of your studying, so as we're getting closer to test day, you want to start to work on practice questions, breaking down those questions, um, applying your knowledge to examples, so coming up with social work term examples yourself, 
Um, and then lastly, I always suggest code of ethics at the end, um, a very, very intensive review because on um, both the master's and the clinical exams, ethics is a huge part. So um, I always say backwards plan and make a plan. So what I say when make a plan is I actually suggest making a calendar and putting when you intend to study on that calendar. For me personally, it helped when I to hold myself accountable when I had my study times and what I was going to be studying on um, a calendar. So I'm going to show a sample in just a minute, um, but I have found that it is you're more likely you're more successful when you have a written out or typed calendar for you to look at, and that's going to also help you organize your studying as well too. So this is just an example. I don't want you to, you know, think, oh my gosh, I'm going to just study for three hours and do exactly what the schedule says. This is just a sample. This is just an example, something that you could use um, as a guide for your writing your own study plan. So as you can see here, uh, the test date is February 20th at 8 a.m. What I did to plan this is I backward planned. So I know I wanted to put my organizing at the beginning and tests would be at the end. And I felt filled it in accordingly. So at the beginning, I have a lot of the major um, content-heavy stuff, developmental theories, defense mechanisms, substance abuse. And then at the end, as you can see, I have taking the practice exam. Um, you need to make sure you carve out enough time for that. I have reviewing the practice exam. I have ethics. And then I also have practice question review. Also notice, I gave myself breaks. You need to take days off. Um, it's very, very, very important that we recharge when we need to. And it is okay if you go off script. So say if it was February 3rd and I was just, it was not a day I was going to be able to study, that's okay. Um, that's why we have break days so that if you need to um, change your schedule, you can as needed. Also notice I never have more than about two to two and a half hours on here. That's just how I study best. Um, and then also you do want to make sure for your practice exam, you're setting up four hours to mimic the actual exam as close as possible. Like I said, this is just a sample, but for me, it kept me accountable. It kept me honest. And I just think it's really helpful to know each day what you're going to be studying. So you don't miss anything. So you don't overstudy one area, but this is really, really, really helpful. My third tip is to break down your studying times. As you could see from that sample study guide, I never had more than 90 minutes to two hours at a time. Um, if you have a longer period of time before you test, so maybe you're in the three to six month range, you can do a little bit each day. But if your time is a little bit compressed, you might have to do 90 minute to two hour study sessions a couple times a day. But what I say is never sit more than 90 minutes to two hours for straight studying because studies show that after about the 120 minute mark, which is about two hours, you could push it to probably two and a half hours. Our brains are just not able to retain the information as it was, you know, when our brains are fresh. So after two or more hours, stop, take a break, get up, stretch, um, you know, take a walk, exercise, take time away from the material and come back and revisit it at a later time. Um, it's just best for our brains to give it a break, to reset, to refuel, um, come back and start fresh because studying for too long at once. So if you're studying for maybe eight hours straight, you really need to ask yourself, what did I retain? Because you're going to see yourself fatiguing and it actually can have a negative impact in that you don't want to waste time. 
So make sure you're giving yourself breaks um, as you need to. But I do want to preface it with saying you do have to build up your stamina to be able to do the test for four hours. But as you know, the test is not the same as studying for four hours. You're answering questions for the four hours when it comes to test time. My fourth tip is to test and assess your progress. And I think this is an area that is not really talked about enough, but it is so important. So many people come to me and they say, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm ready. You should know to an extent if you feel confident or enough um, before you go into test day. And what does that mean? You should be testing your knowledge to see if you feel like you are really retaining the information and applying the information. This test has tons of content. However, just knowing the content alone is not enough. So we need to be able to test and assess our progress. So similar to our clients where we would, you know, look at their goals, look at their progress so far, we need to do that with ourselves, with our progress. And how can you do that is you can um, work on maybe 10 practice edit questions at a time. If you got two right the first time and five right the next time, that's progress. Um, building up that stamina and building up that success so that you are applying the knowledge that you are studying. I also cannot stress enough that I highly recommend the ASWB practice exam before you go into the actual exam because that is going to get you in the um, situation of using the testing material. It's going to get you to sit for the four hours at a time. And while it's not a direct correlation, if you will pass, it gets you comfortable and it will let you know how confident you feel. If you were like, whoa, this was, you know, I'm not ready for this. I felt like I completely messed up the test. Then maybe you just need to tweak some things so that when you do go into test day for the actual test, you'll be more prepared. Um, and I have a little tip here. If you feel like you're not absorbing um, the material, you will know. You could you feel like, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm studying, and nothing's sticking. If you feel like nothing's sticking, that might be a time for where you need to reassess. You might need to say, okay, this, the flashcards are not working for me. Let's go back to the drawing board. And maybe um, YouTube videos works for me. Everyone has a different learning style and that's okay. Find what works for you. And you will know when something works because you'll be absorbing the information and it will actually be somewhat enjoyable um, because you've really found your way, you've found your groove and um, it's not fun to sit down and study and you feel like you wasted your time. So time is important so find what works for you and and run with it really is what i say if it's something's not working reevaluate and try a new method and last but not least this is so critical content is not enough for this test you need to develop develop and improve your critical thinking skills Content is important. You definitely need to know the social work content. However, like I said, it's not enough because you need to be able to apply that content to scenarios. You need to be able to apply that content to um, critical thinking skills. You need to apply that content to case vignettes. Critical thinking, um, you might also hear it referred to as higher order thinking, is needed. It's needed and you need to develop the skill. And for a lot of us, it's really hard. Like, yes, we can remember information. Yes, we can recall information. But that higher order critical thinking is a skill we really, really, really need to exercise for this exam. And let me tell you, it is exhausting and it's a lot of practice. 
Um, so it's not just some people are better at this than others. For me, this critical thinking is something that I had to work really hard at. And what I did to improve this is I worked with practice questions. I broke down the practice questions um, a lot. I spent a lot of time doing that and I did get better um, through this practice. So develop those critical thinking skills. And this is how I, you know, there's many different ways that you can develop these skills, but you need to ask yourself when you're going through the content or when you're reading test questions, am I just recalling this information? Like, can I just regurgitate a definition to you? Or am I truly able to apply this information and most importantly, explain my thinking? So this could be where you, someone asks you, explain this to me and you'll have to explain why an answer is the way it is. So that's for those situational, those application questions. Um, look at the questions. If you got the answer right or wrong, you need to be able to explain why. Um, that's for those test rationale questions on the ASWB practice exam really come in handy. Not only do you need to know like why you got to, you know, it's important to get the question right, but you really need to be able to explain your thinking because that's a skill that's going to help you in other test items later on. So make sure you're improving, you're working, and you're developing those critical higher order thinking skills. Memorizing definitions is not going to be enough. Make sure you can apply them. Make sure you can explain them. Make sure you can synthesize and organize your information. And here is an example. A little chart on higher order thinking. It's actually a, you know, a field that is in the education world for how we can teach and learn these higher level things. So as you can see here, remembering is at the bottom of the pyramid. That's just your basic recall. As you move up the triangle, those are going to be those higher order thinking, those more critical skills. So First, you remember, but then do you actually understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're studying? That would be like being able to summarize, being able to explain, applying. Here is where most of those social work questions come from. You need to take the information you have and apply it to a situation. In most um, cases, it's either a macro or a clinical scenario. So knowing defense mechanisms is important, but can you get a scenario and be able to determine what defense mechanism that client's using? Or knowing safety and abuse is important, but are you able to determine when you need to um, call 911 for a safety check? That's going to be applying that knowledge. And then up here, this is our highest level of thinking. And it's very challenging for people to get to this, and it's just a skill that we have to work on building. This is being able to create. Um, so what does that mean? That means can you plan information out? Can you um, use this information to come up with your own examples? Can you create your own examples? Can you produce examples? Evaluate. Um, this is where you're going to have to use those reasoning skills and those reasoning questions. So in ethical dilemmas, what is, you know, I have to use my judgment. I have to be able to think through um, these ethical decision-making steps. And then last, analyzing, taking apart information and exploring relationships. This is where you're going to be able to organize um, different thoughts, different theories, different scenarios. And it, this is done in your brain. Um, and it, it's like I said, it's a skill that we have to really exercise. Um, but we want our studying to go from this purple box, the remembering up, up, up into the blue and the higher order thinking boxes up here, creating, evaluating, and analyzing. So um, I think what's really important is that you ask yourself, 
do I know more than just the definition? Um, that if you don't, that is okay. That might mean that we just need to do more of this working on understanding, applying, and analyzing. But like I said, content and regurgitating um, the definitions is not going to be enough for this exam. There's so many situational and application-based questions, very few recall questions, but you do need to know the knowledge as well. Another very useful resource that I want to point out is there are on the ASWB website KSA outlines. And if you're like, oh my goodness, what is a KSA? KSA stands for Knowledge, Skills, and Abilities. And these are put out by the ASWB and they outline for the master's level and the clinical level all the areas that could be covered on the social work exam. They are pretty lengthy. They're between nine and 10 pages and there's a ton of bullet points. Use this to guide and assess. Remember, you're always supposed to be assessing and testing your knowledge and testing your, you know, your studying what's working and what's not working. What I suggest is printing out these KSAs uh, at the beginning of your study. If you're just learning about it now, familiar, familiarize yourself with it. Um, go through it. Something you don't know, look that up, cross-reference it with your study materials so you do know it. This is going to really help you know if you're prepared or not. If you go through these KSAs and 90% you're like, I don't know this, I've never heard of it, that's going to be um, a signal that you need to look at these KSAs and it's going to show you what areas you need to work harder on. So they have them both for the master's and clinical level. Become familiar with these. For example, I was looking through and I saw, oh, person and environment. Oh, I thought to myself, I know a little bit about that, but would I probably be able to answer a question about it? No. So what I did is I went to my study materials, I cross-referenced, I learned what person and environment meant, and I felt much more confident. So use these to your advantage. Um, don't just blow them off and say, you know, there's so much on here. Really, really be strategic and looking at them and um, using it as a tool to assess where you are in your knowledge level. So I highly, highly, highly encourage you checking out these KSAs and using them to guide your studying and to also tweak your studying if needed. They have them both for the master's and clinical. They also have them for the bachelor's level as too, but check those out. They are super, super, super helpful. In my binder of study materials, I had the KSAs right at the front um, so that I could always reference them as needed. 